the heart of rock and roll is still beating on Amigos, episode 359. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about rock and roll. Oh, man. Aaron, has it been a long time since you've rocked and rolled? That's not. It's been a week since I rocked and rolled. If you'll recall, I was singing. I did a little dancing. It was I, was, I laid it down, karaoke style. Actually, it was not really rock and roll. It was more like outlaw country. That's pretty close <laughs> to rock and roll. What? It was. That was outlaw country, brother. You laid some you know, tracks down there with Eve, as I recall. Well, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long, 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 lonely time. Oh, would you stop? <laughs> you know, um, do we, when you were a kid, were you ever scared by rock and roll? Absolutely, yes. Uh, it's funny. I remember, I remember the first day of fourth grade. The boat. This is going to date me somewhat. But I walked into the class, and all the kids were there, and someone had a tape deck or something, and they had a Kiss album. Uh, I don't remember which one. And they also had, of all the, this guy, you're going to think I'm an idiot, but they had Queens, another one bites the dust, right? The, mm-hmm. It was the cassette single, I believe. Mm-hmm. And man, I was like, these two bands, they're like, they're too, too heavy for me. These two, yeah. of all people, <laughs> you know? So yes, I was scared of, I was scared of a lot of rock and roll guys back in the day. Uh, the ones that were, you know, I went to this church, uh, like, uh, these heavy states for uh, teenagers at my church. Like, it was like an overnight thing, and I went to one one mm-hmm. time where they talked about backward masking. And it really freaked mm-hmm. me out, you know? I was like, man, this is some scary stuff. So, like, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, no way I'd get in him. Or, like, Metallica, or... or and then you later on, I wasn't scared, but I was mildly amused by people like King Diamond. But, like, another guy, Alice Cooper, I saw a bit on stage one time where he... He had his head cut off, and that was mm-hmm. that freaked me out, man. You know, right now, right now, later on, I was more scared of people like Gigi Allen. Uh, or, well, you should or, be afraid of people, yeah, like because, I because mean, those are psychopaths, yeah, they're antics, <laughs> you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was though in, in, in grade school in particular, there were acts I would not touch. What about yeah. you? Well, you know, the, the satanic panic was mostly over by the time I came of age. I was still, I was still too young to, to hit that wave, but I was, I was definitely afraid of MTV. I would be where I'd be flipping through the channels and I would, I would, I would skip as fast as I could past MTV just because, I mean, whenever you'd go on there, it would, you'd see the hair, you'd see the movement. I mean, it's just, it's, there's freaky stuff on there. Like, I just remember seeing, like, hair metal bands and watching them scream and being like, what is this? This is not music. This is crazy time. You know the funny thing about those bands? Because, like, you got to think, we, if you look at stuff in the early 80s, okay, because, and I, you, when were, what was your main MTV viewing era? What would you say it was? Oh, well, when I started watching MTV, it was, like, probably 93 through 97. And when were you scared of it? Probably like eighty eight to ninety one. Right. So you skipped out on a lot of the dumber things because MTV <laughs> was when like in the, I think MTV started what eighty three something like that something like that. And yeah. you'd have every once in a while you'd have somebody come on there like uh uh uh, uh there was there was a band it wasn't docking it was a much more but it was something like that. Like their lead, Dio. No, no, it wasn't that cool. But the lead singer was this tubby guy with long dumb hair, and the band was a bunch of old. Dumb guys danced around. Then you had like Quiet Riot and stuff. And this stuff, it was rocky, but it wasn't super scary, right? 
But mm-hmm. then in the, in the late 80s, all the bands you might have been scared of in the early 80s became wieners. You know, you had get, you had everybody was singing these love ballads and stuff, you know. I mean, everyone, it's funny, all these real tough, badass guys, they're growing leather, they got all these women, and then they they try their best to look like women, and they get up on stage and sing the most heartfelt love song. It's like, what about, what is this? What's what's happening here? I never, but yeah. that's what, that's what, you know, one thing I've learned about research and all the number one hits is like, Whenever a band like that hits number one, it's always with a song like that. It's like a love ballad type song. Mm-hmm. So they knew where mm-hmm. their money came from. That eventually, of course, they all went away. And so when you came in, it's sort of like when the grunge era hit and whatnot, yeah, hip hop started right. taking off. Uh, so yeah, that. But that part of the music in the '80s is it ranges from goofy to to hideous. There's a, <laughs> in my opinion, it's a broad opinion. spectrum. Yeah, it is. It, it got real goofy though. <laughs> Well, Aaron, uh, I'll tell you what hasn't been goofy this week. Actually, it has been a little bit goofy. This week's Amiga News. <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, we're going to start with a possibly controversial video that I saw. Uh, this is a build. This is a retro pie build. And Aaron... They call it the A500 Mini Killer. Yeah, I saw I saw the headline here. Strong words. Well, Strong dumb, words. They're dumb words from the dumb guy. <laughs> because, I mean, let's face facts. I mean, when I see something like this, and what for the uninformed, this is an image for the RetroPie 4, 32 gig model, it says here. Or, it's a, or maybe it's a 32 gigabyte download. That's probably what it is. Uh, the... Uh, and it's just got a bunch of it's just it all it is is just a, a a retro pie image, you know. For I mean, listen, it's not like where did this come from? Oh, I can play all the Amiga games on the retro pie years ago. <laughs> so that's not. Well, I, I think I think what you're missing here is the uh, is the, is the window dressing. Okay? okay, because this is an Amiga only image. What um, they've done is they've taken all the categories and they've broken them up, and it's all Amiga centric. So you've got like a Renegade category, a Team Seventeen category, uh-huh. and it's all custom art, you know. So I mean, I think do I think that this is an A five hundred Mini Killer? No, of course not. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know um, poop all over this and say that it's no good because it's obvious that a lot of work went into the uh, went into the the UI here. And I think it's cool that there is a, a totally, you know, Amiga exclusive image out there that has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of panache. Well, there's, listen, I, I'm not bad mouthing the art, but I mean, again, this has been done. Okay. And by the way, a lot of the, saying this art, I mean, all this art has been horked. I'm sure. Trust me. I'm the hork, I'm the art horking master. So I know people that do my work. All right. Now, again, there's a lot of work that's been done. But I mean, this, there have been plenty of Amiga exclusive pie images, tons, uh, including Chris Edwards' uh, very popular one. Uh, with all that said, uh, this is not the A five hundred Mini Killer. The price is the A500, the price of the A five hundred Mini. That's the A five hundred Mini Killer because it's too expensive. But with all that said, uh, 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 it's just like any other Mini, right? But how many times we had this conversation? We talked about the NES Mini. The SNES Mini, the Turbo Graphics Mini, yes. Newsflash for the uninformed. You can play all these things that are on a Raspberry Pi. Uh, you know how well can you play them? It depends. It depends on what you're doing with it. Uh, but the uh, 
You know, what was it you always told me when you were buying these things? I, I recall a couple arguments we had, and and I couldn't fight you on these. You bought them, one, because you liked the way it looked, right? And two, to uh, legally support the people selling it, which those are both legitimate reasons for some people to buy these things. Now, I can tell you, and I'm going to get into this more in the future, uh, but uh, I have been tooling around uh, the past couple weeks on a the uh, Amiga Mini uh, front-end software. I'm trying to think of the fellow's name that makes it. I think it's... Uh, uh, look, I think I got it wrote down here. Uh, it's, uh, it's a guy named uh, Amy Jimmy, right? Amy Jimmy. He He's the one that does the... Uh, Amiga Mini, like, OS that you've seen. Including, I've, I've had the old version. The new version's getting ready to come out, and I'm actually going to talk to this guy. He's going to give me a little interview on this thing uh, right before it releases, so we're, so stay tuned for that. But he has unleashed the power of the uh, A500 Mini. Now, with all that said, <clears throat> the A500 Mini is very similar to a Raspberry Pi. It's just a doodad in a very attractive box. Uh, but I do like the fact that someone's out there trying to squeeze the most out of it that they can. I think the Amiga 500 Mini, as sold, is a decent little package that's overpriced. I think uh, if with a modicum of uh, effort, you can make that thing into to a pretty darn fun uh, device. Plus, we should also mention that when you buy one, you get the cool peripherals. You know, you get the joystick, the mouse. All that stuff. You're not going to get right. that with a pie. And then also, uh, something else that just to mention. I will tell you this, Aaron. Yeah. If you skip forward to about 12 minutes into that video, yeah, they've done quite a few things that you might not find on all Amiga builds. For example, they've added in, you know, customized controllers for a PS4 stick that give you uh, throttle and brakes on racing games using the triggers. Yeah. It, that's, that's pretty Again, cool. that's been done you know? as well. I'm not gonna, Again, I, everything <laughs> under the sun has been done. You're right. I'm the question that. is, the question is, can I get everything, the most up to date version for the latest Pi for the Amiga, all in one build? If well, that's what you're after, I've got a coin this ops, looks like the thing. I've got a coin ops build that they, where they did all this stuff as well. In fact, I, some of this stuff, a lot of it's cross platform. So yeah, I always wonder what's getting done by who and when and where. You know how uh, protective the coin ops guys are of their of their jack. So I'm not, I don't want to bad mouth the pie image. I'm just saying con, I, I don't necessarily uh, like what it's called, but yeah, whatever they want. And, uh, and again, I don't know if the people that made this image actually were the ones that called it the a 500 mini killer. Yeah. That might've been the people that put together this video. I'd say you're probably, I'd say you're to, probably uh, right. I will yeah. say, I mean, listen, I, I've had a pie four for a good while now. And it is, I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about it. I got the one, I got the the top of the line one, and it's great. It's great. I mean, me and you've played on it. We've had that big control panel hooked up to it. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I got nothing bad to say about it, uh, and, and that you could get a lot of pleasure out of those things. Now, I don't know if they're still, they were, there was a time when those things were really difficult to get, and they were got, had gotten very expensive. I don't know if they've come down or not. I haven't checked. But, uh, heck, if they get back down to their original price, absolutely. This, this would not be the worst thing to pick up, Boat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, we move on to our friend. Um, well, this is actually, this is a video from uh, Hold and Modify. Yeah, I've been uh, watching this some is, of this guy's stuff myself. Yeah, and uh, we, we talked about this last week. Uh, our, our friend Chris Edwards 
put together uh, an A4000. He basically he bought it and he uh, he he uh, he fixed it and he sent it over to these guys. And so this is their uh, their unboxing video. And they talk all about, you know, the, the A4000. And so there's nothing really new here that Chris didn't cover, but it sort of completes that, that story where, you know, it's, it's now finally in a loving home and, uh, you can, and you can hear the thoughts about the people that ended up with it. Yeah, that's, I think that's neat. That's, uh, like I said, I like what Chris did there. And uh, I will say, if you, uh, Old Modify puts out, he puts out quite a few videos. They're almost, I think they're all Amiga-centric. I've watched some. And I like his stuff. He's got some good stuff. So uh, if you haven't checked his stuff, I'll give him a shot. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Chris Edwards, he also put out a video this week. This is uh, his his uh, continued uh, restoration. I believe this is the final uh, video that he's going to do with this Amiga three thousand. He said he didn't get all of the uh, all of the kinks worked out, but it is working. The A three thousand tower. Um, would you say that the three thousand tower is more rare than the four thousand tower? Uh, I, you know, I just couldn't tell you. It seems like, I don't it, know it seems like it is. I watched this video. This is one of my all time favorite Chris Edwards, uh, bits here. And I, and because, you know, I'm a, I'm a sick evil man, but I'm not gonna lie to you. And I love to watch people that, that get screwed over and over. <laughs> and that's what happens. This you guy, are the target market for ow my balls. Yeah, and this guy, I love that by the way. Yeah. This guy gets every, every move a wrong one. He can't catch a break. He can't get the video to work when he gets that work, and he can't. Something else goes wrong. Then he recaps the whole board. The caps keep blowing up. He's having. He has like no end problems, and not to spoil the ending, but the ending is it. It, it does. It just. He gives up for a while. He's like, all right, I'm done with that. But I mean, it, it starts off at like I don't know, like two in the morning. Then he gets back up at like seven in the morning. Then it shows bits and pieces of him all day long. Then all night. And then, oh like, so he's like twenty four hours. He's had like five hours sleep. He's he's recapped this. And what I he made the cardinal dumb guy mistake, which I've done this many times. When you recap, like for example, you know, I just recapped that um, that uh, uh, that Apple board, right? The one I got for the GS. I recapped mm -hmm. the uh, power supply, put it back together, put it up. I well, guess what? I forgot to I forgot to check. I forgot to change the fuse and solder down. So I got to take it back oh. out there. But Chris Edwards, <laughs> what he does is he recaps the A4000 board and sticks it back in. And when you put these back in, it's not just like a wham bam Bob's your uncle. I mean, it's a, an elaborate dance of stuff you've got to put back in. He's had to take mm -hmm. this thing apart over and over and over. Again, it was good stuff. Like I said, I like Chris reminds me a lot of me because I'm about 10 times more patient. I would have chucked <laughs> this thing into bay if it had been me. But I, I, I strongly suggest it either if you want to watch a man who goes in and gives it his all uh, uh, working on an Amiga, this is a video for you. Or if you just want to watch a guy suffer and just keep coming back for more, this is also the video for you. Good stuff. I enjoyed, I enjoyed this good. immensely. Now, Aaron, we've got one more news story, uh, and this is something that is as timely oh. as today's headlines because we just got done talking about Spy Hunter on a recent episode of Our Sinclair. Yes, we did. Uh, Spy Hunter never came to the Amiga. They did get a clone called Major Havoc, which is that we great. covered many, many yeah, years great ago. Great game, yeah. Um, well, it looks like, uh, thanks to the Scorpion engine, there is a... Uh, a, a I don't want to say official because that's not true, but it is a uh, you know they're they're trying to recreate Spy Hunter exactly, um, and uh, this looks this looks great, doesn't Holy it? Holy smokes! Yeah, this looks real good. Look at the smoothness. 
I like the speed of it. The graphics look nice. Now, of course, it, it obviously it's still working. Collision detection needs yeah. work. <laughs> but I mean, listen, the Scorpion engine. Where did this thing come from? This thing's the bomb, Bo. We love yeah. this thing. Yeah. They keep making yeah. great stuff with it. Yeah, this. Uh, does it say who's doing this here? Because I want to give this guy kudos. Uh, uh, it looks like a EAB member Flibble Forty Two. Listen, well done, Flibble. Uh, this is good. This looks like good work. If we can get that that classic music stuck in there, mm-hmm, the boat, mm-hmm. you know, all the helicopter, all the sound we like. Uh, this this could be uh, the uh, the quintessential version of this game. I, I, this looks real good. Absolutely. I, we're gonna Absolutely. do a stream one night, but where we just play stuff made with that Scorpion engine to, to just try it out. That sounds like a fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that, that's some good stuff right there, boat. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's Amiga News. So let's talk about one of the fine, fine folks that makes this podcast possible. That's right, RetroRewind.ca. Yes. Uh, you know, we you know, ju- we just came back from Boat Fest where we met Frank. We watched mm-hmm. him. We watched him work, Boat, uh, firsthand. And we watched him nene. Yeah. Well, now, in all honesty, uh, it looked like Boat Fest was this big, huge, elaborate party with buckets of food, booze, all these computers, and it was all that. But there was also uh, a couple dudes slaving like dogs over at the Retro yeah. Rewind table. It was Jason Warrens and Frank, who were, uh, I would, like I said last time, I was afraid they wouldn't have anything to do. That was incorrect. They had plenty to do, didn't they, Boat? They did. You know, people were bringing stuff, everything from uh, Amigas, tons of Amigas they recapped. To uh, there was a a a jag that was worked on. Uh, Matt TSI Matt brought an old 386. <laughs> Just threw it on the table. Said, "Do what you will." I'm so glad he so. brought that because if you'll recall, but Matt bought the brought that 386 to the very first Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. Oh, and it, remember it had that, that battery was the in we it. Drilled the lockout of that, right. It had that battery in it that we couldn't. <laughs> we didn't know what to do with it, and so Frank yeah. took care of that for him. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, that's that's another loop closed right yeah, there. Yeah. So the next time we have a T uh, Taste by Class Computer Club, that computer should be there. I told Matt, I demand he brings it. We'll load it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron, you know, no matter what you need for your classic Commodore or Tandy computer, uh, Frank's got it. He's got he's got uh, accelerators. He's got the A six thirty. He's got re- he's got caps. He's got IDE or Compact Flash to IDE adapters. He's got SD to IDE adapters. Uh, he has a fully fledged, you know, repair service where you can send him a broken machine. He'll fix it for you. Uh, check out RetroRewind.ca, and when you do, you're going to want to buy something. And when you buy something, you want to use the promo code because everybody wants to save a little dough. Mm, if you know what I'm saying? I know what you're talking to. Yeah. You can save 10% off any order by using promo code Amigos10 at checkout. So make sure you don't forget that. We thank Retro Rewind, and we appreciate the service that they do for being part of the Amiga community and for sponsoring the Amigos podcast. Yeah, thanks, Frank. All right, Aaron. It's time to rock and roll. Oh, man. Let's rock! Oh, God. You had to get that out there, <coughs> didn't you, bud? <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, I broke something. <laughs> Listen, we can only hope that that will disrupt the song later. It's all going to come out of that. Now, Boat... Did, of course, I guess this is like p- Puzzle Week or whatever, and so we got Rock and Roll. Had you ever mm-hmm. heard of Rock and Roll? No. So you in fact, in, you I live... thought this was a totally different, like, even looking at the uh, the box art, I thought this was a game like Space Racer yeah. or something. I was, maybe I was thinking about, like, Rock and Roll Racing on the Super Nintendo. This was not what I expected. You know, you're like the dude from Footloose. You've never experienced Rock and Roll. 
and then someone showed it to you, and now you love it. And that nice. I've never seen Footloose. Good move. I will say, I saw that in the theater with a bunch of dudes, and uh, uh, yeah, it was a movie Ooh, where a guy romantic. dances around. Uh, 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 <laughs> Kevin Bacon, I believe it was. You know, just a little tidbit: the guy that wrote that movie. You know, remember the remember the album that was a big album, the Footloose was, soundtrack. Uh, who was the guy? Kenny Loggins. Um, uh, Kenny Loggins, Footloose, right? But it had a bunch. Of, I think uh, it had a bunch of songs. But anyway. Uh, the guy that wrote that uh, that uh, wrote the uh, wrote the screenplay for that, he also wrote he co-wrote every song on the album, which I thought was interesting. It was a very rare thing hmm. to do. Anyway, with all that said, because this has nothing to do with Footloose, there's not even beat in this for for that matter, because this is rock and roll. A release, right. no feet in rock and roll. Released way back, boat in 1989. That's a year I graduated from high school, boatster. Uh, so you, so I was ready to rock and roll. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, this uh, uh, came out in '89, for, and this is for the OCS, uh, and this is a two-disc special here, and released uh, by Rainbow Arts. They publish this bad boy. We've heard of Rainbow Arts a few times. We've covered uh, many of their games. They, of course, oh, in fact, yeah. you just covered one uh, recently, Boat, on your special series, which we'll get to. A great Guyana Sisters. They also published uh, the Turrican series, and they also mm -hmm. covered. Covered a poetry called Curse of Raw all, and, the, and Master Blazer and a bunch of other stuff. They published, uh, I think, like 50 some games on the Amiga. Now, this was developed by an outfit called Dynamic Visions. I kind of like that. This is the mm -hmm. only thing they ever it's did. Cool this name. Is the only thing they ever uh, were credited with uh, on the machine. Uh, this game was designed by a fellow named uh, Martin Gokst uh, and mm. coded by a fellow named Frank Prossy. Uh, graphics on this were done by Sebastian Ulrich Dolch. Uh, he was wow. responsible. Yeah, I'm getting into it today. This dude worked on uh, Turrican, Droll, Kick-Up, and a game we've got to try sometime called Australio Pificus Mechanicus. That's... Put it on the list, AGSC. Yeah. I want to play that. And then you may have heard of the guy that did the music in this. He's a, he's a guy I like to call the Ooze back. That's Chris Ooze back, uh, who's done a, a lot of the good stuff. You may have heard some of his tunes at Turk and Monkey Island. He also did the music of Gannon Sisters, uh, BC Kid, and Aphidia, which we liked We liked a good chunk of those games, didn't we, Boat? That's so, right. That's uh, right. Of course, he did a million others. Pretty much write the check. He's ready to rock and mm -hmm. roll, brother. Uh, I'll just, and I wrote this out here. The uh, ST version of the music was done by a different guy, uh, Barry <laughs> Leach. Uh, did the ST? Oh version. yeah, well, who we we've also we we've done a lot of games yeah, by him. That's I why that I mentioned him. So mm -hmm. I, I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, so <laughs> that's the particulars. I want to talk about before we get into the game boat. This this game it's sort of well known for and has a, a kind of an uh, an amusing opening bit. Oh yeah, uh, when it boots up, there's a band of uh freaks they uh, that play. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you'd call them. What's their technical name? Well, I mean, they're just a band of freaks that play this the this song. Uh, what did you think of this crazy opening? Are there trolls this reminded me a lot of this reminded me a lot of the opening of uh, Wiz Kid, which did, I believe also has a similar uh, freak, did, you know, band of freaks opening. It reminded me of the opening of Chuck Rock. Remember the Chuck mm -hmm. Rock band that plays at the beginning of that? So, the, it, uh, you know, uh, this, this is be, this, this predates all those, I think. This uh, this song that plays, I mean, it is a full song that plays. Oh, yeah. And you get a full performance from it. It looks like they're, they're sort of, you know, impish, gnomish-looking creatures of various sizes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, you've got a, uh, a drummer. You also have a, a a little imp that's on a speaker, and he's just hitting a hi-hat with a sledgehammer. I like that guy. Which you need guy. to have. He's my favorite band. guy, yeah. 
You got like a guy playing guy. the you got a guy playing the bongos, a guy playing a Hoffner like McCartney style bass, yeah, and, and a then trumpet, a trumpet player. Trumpeteer. <laughs> so it's like like odd instrumentation in this that rock is, You don't see a lot of bongos <laughs> and trumpets teamed up unless you're going down to a coffee shop and it's the yeah. and it's the sixties. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was. Listen, if you're going to start your game off, listen, you could do worse than that opening. That's for sure. Uh, rock and roll. You know, I've got the bop. Pulled the box down. I like to read the liner notes. This box is one of those boxes that are like multi-language, you know. But the mm-hmm. way the way this game builds itself, it says, and this I found found odd. It says rock and roll filled with crazy yet unique action. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. But here's how. So it's got ten. Here's the first thing it lists. Okay, ten great rock and roll tracks. That's that's debatable. Oh no! But I'm just saying the over. Now listen to what's next. Number two, a massive overall high score table. So what they're doing is they're saying, check out our game because we've got a high score table. No, it's a massive one. The, the third point: thirty-two huge levels, each with its own high score table. <laughs> they're really selling the high score I table. No, I mean I didn't bring it up the rear. Bonus rooms and warps, ferocious rolling ball action amongst energy. I love that, by the way. Ferocious rolling ball action amongst <laughs> energy barriers, teleporters, energy fields, powerful magnets, secret rooms, ventilators, and much, much more. So I get a kick out of that, but I like the way that they build the music and the high score table above all else. <laughs> Couldn't figure that out. Um, so once you get past the band, it's time to get into this game proper. Uh, Boat, first of all, before we get into the game proper, what did you think of the opening? Are we down with the band? You liked all that stuff, right? You know, it's 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 it was it was entertaining, but I can definitely see why when you play the WHD load version, there's a checkbox there that you can skip that intro because once you see it once, you're really not going to. I mean, watch you can it skip again. it with your button, but if you're playing on disc, you have to wait that thing loads up. Mm-hmm, I should mm-hmm. mention I played this on the uh, A500 Mini and the Mister. I did double duty because I want, okay. and I'll, I take that back. I did triple duty because I also played it on the Amiga Forever because I want to see how it felt with different mice. That was by mm-hmm. that was because this is a game you play on the Amiga with the mouse. Now, right. With all that said, boat, give the people the rundown as to what in God's name this game is. So what this game is is you are a ball and you roll around a level uh, controlled by the mouse. Uh, so if you can picture in your mind uh, Gauntlet, the arcade classic Gauntlet, a uh, top-down perspective where yeah. you're in a maze-like structure, and instead of having a wizard or an elf. You're rolling a ball around. Um, you you have no uh, no offensive capabilities, and uh, there are no real monsters in this game. The monsters are, are the your your antagonist is basically the obstacles that are set up in the game. So what you're trying to do is roll your ball from the beginning of each level to the exit of each level, and the exit is actually marked as an exit. Um, that is essentially what rock and roll is. I hadn't thought about Gauntlet. But now that you mention it, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's like Marble Madness and Gauntlet had a uh, had a small child, and yeah. this is what popped out. Now, uh, of course, the uh, the uh, liner notes mention that this has thirty two big levels. Let me tell you something; they're not kidding. These are these levels in the tr- in the true Amiga tradition. They just seem to go on forever and ever. Mm-hmm. They are long, long levels. Now, your ball sort of looks like a soccer ball. Uh, and well, they do that because they need to give it some texture, so right. you can actually tell if it's rolling. Yeah, it works. It works. The effects of rolling the ball, 
are fine. I didn't have any trouble with that. Uh, and for the now, I skipped a few through a few levels here uh, early. I didn't get I didn't get very far in this, but I will say that uh, the uh, they've got the levels are sort of like it's like what if you mounted a maze on like uh on like nice wood. That's basically there's a nice mm -hmm. wood look to it, and then there's a lot of like metal rails, uh, and and then you and then you've got your ball now. Ball controls on the Amiga version with the mouse. Now, I did look into this. Not every version of this uses the mouse for controls, if you can believe that. So there are some versions that you use the joystick or keyboard. Well, it makes sense because, obviously, you know, like if there was a C64 version, then uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of C64 mice yeah. rolling uh, around. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, But I mean, say to me, a game like this, it almost begs to be played with a ball or, or a mouse or a trackball. Uh, it would be difficult for me to try to play this with a joystick, I think. But maybe you could get into it. Uh, before we get into the obstacles and the levels, what did you think of the control of the ball? What, what did you play this one, I guess? And what did you think of the control with the mouth that you had? I played this on uh, FSUAE. Yeah. Because uh, the, any any sort of a mouse game, I'm going to want to be sitting down uh, at the desk. And, um, and you know, you, you're never sure when you're playing a game like this Unless you really play it with uh, an original Amiga mouse, like a ball mouse. Yeah. Because a lot of times things like sensitivity and stuff like that would be turned way down because the ball mouse, just by its very nature, is not going to be as sensitive as a laser mouse. Um, and so I wasn't sure if I needed to go in and sort of, and of course with a game like this, you're not going to be able to adjust your mouse sensitivity. This isn't a modern game. Um, and I didn't really look into adjusting, you know, mouse sensitivity on the in the emulator. But I, you know, I didn't have a horrible time um, uh, controlling this game. The only time that I really had trouble was um, there are certain situations where you kind of have to roll your ball up an incline, and you have a meter uh, at the bottom of the screen. You've got a uh, different. You've got a. Um, different bars that do different things and one of yeah. your bars is an energy bar and that kind of gives you tells you how much sort of forward power you can generate to get up a hill and uh i found it to be almost luck you know like i was just kind of ram and i take the mouse and i you know sort of do this thing with it um so i would have preferred uh, a a a button like if you need to summon the power of your energy meter to uh, put that because the uh, the game itself, you know, it's it's all controlled with the mouse, as we talked about. To cycle through your uh, your items, you uh, hit the right mouse button, and then you use it. Uh, you use the item by using clicking the left mouse button. It's actually a really good system. It works really really well. Um, I just would have liked to have an extra option that has just like an energy thing on it, and then when you when you when you hold down your button, that gives you that forward momentum that that takes your energy. I uh, uh, I played this with three different mice, and it was uh, the very reason, just like you said, I wanted to see if, if there was a big difference. And there actually it was a pretty large difference. I played with the, uh, if you're watching, I played with the, uh, this is a pretty good mouse right here. This is my PC mouse. Uh, and it, it played much differently than when I used the Amiga Mini and played with this uh, bad boy, right? How uh, so? Well, my guess is, this is just a guess. I, my guess is the... Uh, Amiga, the A five hundred Mini's mouse isn't as uh, sensitive as, as or as, mm -hmm. as the my PC mouse, and so you got a different feel. And it's funny because I've got a real old USB laser mouse I've got hooked up to the Mister, and it played a lot more like the A five hundred Mini version than my new version. So you're, it, I mean, you nailed it when you mentioned it. Like if you're going to emulate this, uh, it's going to come down to 
uh, how you've got your mice adjusted. Uh, there are adjustments for that stuff, uh, depending on what you like. You know, you can adjust that in like uh, uh, Amiga Forever, for example. I, I will say this: uh, all the actual Amiga mice I have are, are no good. Okay, I mean they're not. They're just they're not good to use just on the desktop. So I knew mm -hmm. when this game came up, I'm like, okay, we're not, I'm not gonna fool with that. So I tried to get a good cross section of, to see which one I like like the best. Plus, these days a lot of people are using a laser mouse on their Amiga. It's not like they used to be where you couldn't do it. Uh, so. Uh, I, I, but I will say, I, all of them played okay. I thought uh, I actually thought it played a little bit better with less sensitivity of the of the uh, right. of the Amiga A five hundred Mini and kind of crummier mouth. But that's just me. Um, so as you to get into the game further, as you go through this maze, uh, and again there are thirty two mazes. Your job is to leave the maze. Okay, sounds simple. The first level of this starts off pretty simple. Uh, with you just going through and trying to learn what stuff does. Just to, as an example of some of the stuff you're going to run into, uh, there are there are little balls that are teleporters. You learn that pretty quick. There there are areas that are locked behind uh, locks that you've got to go find the key for, and they're colored keys. It's simple stuff. The green key opens the green lock. I mean, stuff like that. Uh, you're also going to come across stuff like arrows on the floor, and arrows on the floor are simply... If the arrow is pointing one way and you put your marble on it, it's going to go that way. Uh, and mm -hmm. so you can sort of fight against them a little bit if you've got enough momentum, but generally you want to try to just avoid them if you're going the other way or hit them if you want to go quickly the way you want to go. Uh, you're also going to come come across money. You're going to come across diamonds. Diamonds are point. Money is for stores. You're going to come across stores in this. Stores are kind of different in this because they're literally like tiles on the floor that say like have a price on them and have a picture of what you're going to get when you go there and if you roll over them you get what's there if you've got the money if you don't got the money you can still get them but it takes some of the energy out of your out of your ball some of the, the life force right and so what you have to do is you have to um you have to stop your ball over the thing that's right to make it realize that you want it if you if you got the money you just instantly pick it did up did you figure that out or did you look did you read it in the i box? read that in the documentation yeah I, I well i accidentally figured it out when i <laughs> went to get a soda i was like what the what happened um also you're going to come across the areas where the board has just an empty spot i learned pretty quick what you do here which is you've got to basically to get across it you've got to Basically, fill in that gap uh, with right. with one of the items. Uh, so some... you get you get a you get a pickaxe, right? And while you while you're holding that item, holding I say in quotation marks because you are in fact a ball. How you hold these items is sort of left to the imagination. The portable hole. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. And so you you hold down the left mouse button and then you roll over the hole and you'll fill it in as you roll over it. But you have a limited amount of these pickaxes. Right. And so it's possible if you misuse these things that you can get stuck. Yes. And how many times did that happen to you? Every time I played. Yeah. yeah. Many times I had that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, aside from that, you're also going to come across the areas of the board where the, the, the board looks like it's sort of cracked. Like there's a hole in it. It reminds me of when your crossbar and stunt car racer gets damaged. That's what they remind mm -hmm. me of. And these are areas where you can, you, you've got a limited amount of times you can go across them. Maybe once, maybe twice, but and then they eventually they turn into gaps. And usually, uh, these are these are long, long stretches. So basically, you got basically a shot at getting out and getting back to wherever yeah. you're going with those. 
Uh, what the, they're usually found in a place where they'll, they'll put an item down a corridor. Yeah, a dead end. And they, and, yeah, and, yeah, and you'll have to race down, and that sort of knocks the, uh, the 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 stability down a level, and then race back, and that totally erases it. Yeah. So now, when you uh, move up into the higher levels, you see some more wackier stuff. There'll be areas where stuff's perpetually exploding. There'll be areas where you have to drop bombs to blow stuff up. There's a there's a real freakish area. I was watching a guy play where you had to use the bombs to basically... They, it, they sort of work in reverse. They're building the spots uh, that you have mm -hmm. to go, which it's, it's a real high level. Uh, there's also eyes. Now, eyes are interesting. Uh, did you... Did you... Did you... With getting, uh, did you try to use the eyes where you generate the map? That's what... That basically, that's what you do. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, you know, you collect the eyes, and when you when it says it draws... And it says it draws a 3D map. Yeah. But what you see are just some dots in the in a void. Yeah, um, it's hard yeah, to read I, this 3D map. That's for sure. Yeah, I I didn't. I personally I would have left that out. And I guess for technical reasons, the uh, the eyes are not even available on the C64. Yeah. It doesn't even draw them out. Yeah, and the so. thing is, you could get a lot of those that help you see the level allegedly. But I'm like you, like getting those and seeing the level didn't. I didn't have any idea what I was looking at. I'm like, man, this is right. I would much rather have just. Had a little radar or something pop up. It's something. Mm -hmm. and like, you know what would be great? It's a little radar in the corner. They just had the whole area and just where you were at. That would have helped. But, yeah. Uh, or maybe or maybe just a, an area that would point to where what direction the exit was in. Well, I don't know. Anything. That, that's not even going to help you in most of these places. Cause sometimes right. Because they're, like they're a labyrthine. You know, yeah. your, your comparison to the gauntlet's dead on. I got to give you credit for that. Because much like gauntlet, when you start these, uh, these accursed levels... Uh, you may be right beside the exit, like it's on the other side of the wall, but that means they're going to screw with you for 15 minutes, making you go all over the place and going to get all these fetch quests and stuff. Uh, and that's that's the game. Uh, there are uh, there's also we should mention ice. Boy, do I not like ice. Uh, you know, a lot of games. You know, when you have obstacles in a game, let's say for example. Uh, the obvious comparison boat would be Marble Madness to this, because they both involve a marble or a ball going through a mazy or whatever thing. Now, in Marble Madness, since you're going to a, a goal at the end, and you're moving on, okay? And it's the levels are probably, what, uh, take you, what, three minutes to get through, sometimes a little bit less, depending on which level mm -hmm. it is, not like these. So when you come across something that's like an obstacle, let's say... Uh, a slot, uh, you know, acid or the evil marble. You sort of get there, you contend with it, and then you move on. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the thing lingers around. In this game, because of the way this thing is set up, the the obstacles aren't like a momentary uh, things to beat. They're continual irritants. That's what. Yeah. And if yeah. that's the thing that really got me about this game, instead of enjoying going through the levels, I was more irritated. Like, just like, oh, they put this here. The arrows, they're just a pain in the butt. They just make it so it's hard to get through stuff. The ice, the ice is real tough to get. Now, there are, you can equip your you can equip your ball with spikes. That makes the ice easier to navigate. And you can get armor. There's stuff you can get to make the ball tougher and better. But, I mean, for the most part, you're not going to have that stuff. It's always timed. And so you just get to contend with stuff that's just, or like the holes. They're just irritating. And... I was more irritated than ha than having a good time. Is that just me, Boat? Well, here's the thing: the, a game like this, what 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 drives you crazier 
than almost anything else. I'll tell you what drives me crazier than almost anything else when playing a video game, and that's backtracking. (laughs) Backtracking, there's nothing worse. There's nothing that kills the fun of a video game like backtracking. In this game, you constantly have to do it. Yeah. And whenever whenever you're backtracking, it's not as if, like you said, you don't eliminate obstacles that are in your way. There's no way to get rid of them. You just have to contend with them time after time after time. And each time you do it, it makes you want to hit the power button more and more and just move on with your life. Not just me, then. Yeah. We, we should also mention, that, of course, there, this place is riddled with holes. And what you what holes aren't there, you end up making the holes when you go over certain areas. And so one of the power-ups is a parachute. And if you're quick enough to hit the button, you can save yourself from going down the hole. You get you get quite a few of these things. You can pick them up. But I, that right there it embodies one of the irritants. Like, why have all the holes? Also, mm-hmm. I don't like games like that are this type of control that require pinpoint accuracy, you know? Marvel, they should have just said you, they should have just said if you select the parachute and you go over a hole, you'll 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 parachute right. over it. But they I shouldn't mean, make you time it. If you play a game like if you play a game like Marvel Man, or even something like Crystal Castle, some something that's got a wacky control scheme, they purposely give you a wider berth for the most part. Now there are parts of Marvel Madness that they're tight corridors, but for the most part they give you it's not that difficult to navigate. You know, plus the way the game is set up, you'll get better at it eventually. But this game, it's real easy to... And this is on a modern mouse, so I can't imagine what this was like back in the day. But it'd be real easy to just fall into a hole accidentally, roll, roll off the side of the of the, of the mage. I did that plenty of times. And then, so, it just sucks. It's just, I'd be just like, oh. I, I, this game was a quandary for me, Bo, if I'm honest, because it looks good. It, I mean, technically, I think it's a good-looking game. I think the controls are pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I like. The, uh, I think the rock and roll soundtrack is is it's okay. I mean, I think maybe I was not way. a fan of the music. Well, I mean, in this it's game. it's eighty nine. It's not like the, you're not going to get like. I mean, I thought Hoosman did a pretty good job. This is not Turrican. This is not one of those games. It's okay. I thought it was okay. It's not like I'm not going to go crazy. It, here's what. Here's my. Here's my thing. When they came to him, they said, "Okay, okay, Huselbeck." You need to write 10 rock and roll tracks. Yeah. And Huselbeck took an afternoon and knocked out three or 10 of the most generic rock and roll sounding songs he could think of and then collected his check. Well, I don't, I, who could say? We never know what, we never know what, and we don't know the time schedule. It was allotted either, Boat. So, you know, maybe, I'm not, I'll listen, I thought the tunes are okay. I'm not going to knock the game for the tunes. Plus Uninspired you, is what I call you, them. It gives you multiple tracks. And there are, just an FYI, if you want to hear all 10 tracks, you can actually, uh, there's actually a, a secret gimmick you can type in so you can listen to all the tracks. Of course, you can just go to YouTube and listen to them as well. Um, I like I like some of the ideas. The stores are interesting. I accidentally rolled over stores sometime. I didn't like that because you know, I didn't have that much money. Uh, I like the idea. It's you can tell they were going for it. this game's sort of a quantum mode also in terms because I'm not sure what they were doing. They write they brag about all these high score tables and stuff. So clearly they were wanting guys to compete with times and high scores. But I can't imagine sitting around with your buddies and doing that because the levels are so long that it, it would just you'd be sitting there forever. I don't see where the mm-hmm. fun would be having all if this was a game that had like listen, I'm not saying you gotta have marble madness length. But I mean, maybe not much more. Smaller levels, and at the at the very end, maybe make a couple ultimate levels. 
But I didn't like, I don't like the levels being as long as they are. I know here's, we're back to this again. But I mean, it's, it's too much. Well, it's it's yeah, it's it's the it's the cardinal sin of Euro game design. It is, and I'm not sure that the gauntlet maze meets the marble idea is. I don't know. We've played games that have a ball in them like this before. I've played. Me and Britt played one on like the I think like the X sixty eight thousand one time. There's there's a couple games that are like this, but they they're quicker playing games too. This is a. That's another thing about this game. It's not like your ball is going to be rolling around. You're, it's not really rock and roll ball. It's more like this is more like easy listening. I mean, you got it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a slower game. I mean, you got and you sort of have to take your time to figure out how to navigate these mazes. And they are mazes. I mean, you're not going to. There's not like one path. Sometimes they limit you, but a lot of times you go wherever you want and and try to figure out how to get to certain things, just like Gauntlet. And it, it I just did not have fun with this one. I mean, I'm not uh, technically. It's fine, and I'm not gonna kill it. Like I don't think it deserves it to get to get smashed. It just didn't do it uh, for me yeah, personally. It's like I mean, yeah, this is another example of a technically competent game that is absolutely no fun to play. Yeah, and I, the, the thing is, there are going to be people that like this game. I mean, there's no doubt. And sure, gonna, there's people that like Top Banana. Right. Well, no, let's not get crazy. <laughs> but I mean, there, there are no. These are there are going to be people that like this game that aren't idiots or just smoes. There's a, I think there's a certain crowd that could get into a game like this, but I mean, maybe just because I've, I couldn't help but play this and think of Marble Madness. I couldn't help it, and I thought to myself, I love Marble Madness so much more than this. I would say, mm-hmm. I, I just, I thought, I just think that's a more fun use of the control. If you, I mean, if you, like you said, if you would have taken these same levels and either instigated like a password system or a checkpoint system, so when you died, and when you die in this game. You can either go back to the beginning of the level, or you can regenerate right where you died. Yeah. But if you accidentally create a pit on both sides of you and yeah. you can't escape, it's game over. Or you don't have the and right equipment, you know? Yeah, and, you, and you've got to go back to the beginning, and it just takes you so long yeah, like when you to work die, your way through these stages. When you die, I mean, when you go back, do you did you ever once think to yourself, this time is going to be great? I never no. thought that. I thought to myself, oh, no. God, no. Please, no. Save state. Save state. For God's sake, save right. state. Right. I right. will say that uh, this did get a release on multiple uh, multiple systems, Boat. Uh, and uh, no one's for sure what the lead system was on this one, uh, if I'm honest. But I, I bet it's not the PC, which we're looking at here, the DOS version of this. Uh, this came out on a lot of the... I mean, you'd be surprised here. It came out on the ST, as we mentioned. The C64, as we mentioned. Of course, the DOS version, which we're looking at, and it also came out on the ZX. Uh, so, it, actually, I kind of would be interested to what the ZX version looked like, too. I mean, mm-hmm. check that yeah, out. I would um, be interested in that. The DOS version, uh, you know, this is, I was talking about before the show started. The DOS version of this, this is back when the Amiga, well, like, r- ruled the DOS with an iron fist. Like, they're, if you're mm-hmm. going to play one of these, the DOS version is probably not the one I'd play. Yeah, Plus that probably... 89 through 91 period. Yeah. I mean, like, the Amiga owners were laughing. Yeah, that's it's, and there there was a wide gap. Now, they quickly closed it, but they, it wasn't mm-hmm. closed when this came out. So, but it, I mean, that much said, it looks okay. It doesn't look that, it doesn't like yeah. it's garbage. I mean, I think yeah. they, did, they did a pretty good job given what they had to work with. Uh, sure. You know, but I, I, th- I would, if you're going to pick one of the two, I think I would uh, play this on the good old. It would be interesting to know if mouse control was required on the DOS version. Well, I, yeah, I would assume I'd say in '89. You, yeah, you're gonna. I mean, you're. It, I doubt it's required. You know, in all honesty, <laughs> because I mean, you got to think when is '95? 
And Windows 311, right. hey, where the, the DOS, where I didn't have a mouse for years. years. Exactly. So I mean, we're, we're like, with? you know, 89 was, you know, four years out or five years out from the release yeah. of Windows 3. So I looked this up on uh, the uh, Lemon to see how it did and see how the magazines treated it. Uh, the people at Lemon are pretty keen on it. I think it was 7.88. Uh, again, I know there's a crowd that's into the game like this. Uh, uh, the magazines treated it pretty nicely, uh, Boat. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it a 94. Amiga Format an 86. Amiga Joker, 88. Uh, CU Amiga, 81. Now, the AUI crowd, not not a fan. A 5 out of 10. Uh, the Do- Dr. Magazine gave it 9 out of 10. The 1 gave it an 80. Uh, average magazine score for this was 84%. So uh, that's it's funny that a couple of people just hated it and then everybody else seemed to like it pretty well. So, I mean, well, you know, I'll give it this. This is a truly unique concept where they 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 took, yeah. you know, a, a marble madness type game and they tried to. Ex- I can see that the the thought the thought process of the designer of this game was like, hey, marble madness is great. Yeah. What if we made a game where we expanded the levels and we made them more like a maze? We gave you power ups and we put a really awesome rock and roll soundtrack behind it. Yeah. Boom. I mean, it sounds great on paper. You know, in the chat, Super Tape makes a valid point here. Uh, this was released at 89, and th- we've looked at a lot of the older games on the Amiga. Now, 89, they had a pretty good amount of time to get into it. But this, and you could tell because this doesn't look like a game from like 86. I mean, clearly right. they, their game had been honed. The guys that put this together weren't idiots. Like these guys had a lot of jack. Like I said, this, mm-hmm. the only thing I, the, really my only problem with the game is that I just didn't think it was that fun. And sometimes that happens. No matter how much jack you've got, it just doesn't work for everyone. Uh, Bo, yeah. did we get any Discord action on this one? You know, that's that's a great question. <laughs> I didn't mean um, to, I didn't mean to spring it on you, Boat. Yeah, let me let me look I'll, at this. I'll tell right you the here. eBay uh, while you're looking. All right, that. I got it. I'm okay, good. Go I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, Explorer leads the charge. He says, "Rainbow Arts," and then he put a heart emoji beside it because he likes rainbow arts. Oh yeah, who does it? It says the intro is a fun little jam. The intro music was quite good and catchy. My favorite was the little green trumpet player. The intro is rather long, but it's definitely worth a watch and listen. The ball was easy to control with the mouse, and the music was quite good. I think my favorite is the game over tune. I didn't get to spend too much time with it. I was stuck on level two, but enjoyed the game nonetheless. There's also a way to cheat and select the level you want to play, and there are many. Seven out of ten. Barkbit writes, Fun puzzle game that controls well, looks and sounds nice. What kills it for me is that you have no idea where you're going, and it's easy to get lost or trapped. The map looks like a scrambled mess, and it doesn't help at all. You can kill your ball if you mess up, but starting the level all over is no fun since it takes a long time to get through. Not a game for the impatient one. Five out of ten. We could have read Barkbit's review. That that, that mirrors ours almost exactly. Absolutely. Jazzdog writes, It takes some guts to title your game with a pun. Rainbow Arts Software did not shy away from any potential backlash, secure in the fact that Rock and Roll was going to be one of their bolder games. In it, you navigate a tool using rock through fairly large mazes filled with obstacles and locked passages. While interesting in concept, two flaws stop this from being a gem. First, the map does not scroll, but hops from map tile to map tile. This makes dealing with some obstacles, such as moving flames, difficult and confusing. Secondly, the levels take some time and dedication to explore and traverse. With no checkpoints and dying depositing you back at entry, the player may experience a landslide of frustration. 
If I'd played this back in the day, I would have found it more compelling than I do presently. There is something here, but it has not survived well under the strata of time. Six Rhyolites out of ten. And finally, and, and Jazzdog put some really clever puns in there. Like, it was one of their Boulder games. He spelled it like Boulder, like the rock. So, hats off to Jazzdog. He's a, he's a, a, he's a star. Review. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pixels at Dawn writes, I like a good puzzle game, and this definitely is a good one. The mouse-controlled ball has a good feel to it, and there's not really much to learn about the gameplay that can't be picked up through playing the game. That's true. That said, it really suffers from a poor difficulty curve. The first level should take five minutes max to complete, but it is huge, and following levels go the same way. And getting chucked back to the start of a level of the level on failure is a fun killer like no other. That said, in these modern times, get an emulator save state on the go, and I think you'll have a load of fun. Seven out of ten. Let me ask you, Boat, real quick before we move along. If this game had had levels that were cut in half, okay, or maybe even thirds, and occasionally you would go through a gate checkpoint, would that have saved it for you? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, it, would this have been an all-time classic A-plus game? No. Yeah. But this would have been a solid B-plus to A title. It's Absolutely. funny that this has the problem that so many of the Amiga platformers have. Which mm-hmm. is, and uh, it's bad. The thing is, you know, if you look at a box, this is what gets me. And I, I never understood this boat. This thing has 32 levels, right? Okay. What's better than 32? How about 64? How about 100? Yeah. Split these suckers yeah. up. And, exactly. then, and no one's going to fault you. It's okay, man. You know, make mm-hmm. it a third. As, like, he's right, that first level. I thought to myself, my God. And once you go through that tube, I thought, ah, oh, I'm done. You're not even close to being done. No, That's how they get you. No. Make that, you know, th- every pipe could be a, a save point. Or yes. they could have a gate. You know, how about yes. a gate and you roll through it and it goes, dun, 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 makes a cute little noise. And that mm-hmm. way you know, okay, I'm okay, I'm good to go. And, that, right. and maybe at that point it saves all and your only, and Not only too. that, that encourages you to explore and try different things and not be walking on eggshells all the yeah. time. And I'm not sure about all the... And another thing, they really, I would, I'm not sure about all the, 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 uh, the damage, the missing blocks. I, there's nothing worse in the game than getting to a point where you can't move. And then you just like, and it just, and it just makes you mad, and you know what's going to happen when you start over. It's, yeah, this one, this one had issues. Uh, I did look up on eBay. If you're in the UK, uh, these things are actually quite reasonable in box. I saw these things for sale right now on eBay uh, for uh, eight US dollars and fifteen US dollars in box. So this would be an easy one to pick up. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, Rainbow Arts uh, or you're a big fan of this game, that'd be a good, pretty decent purchase. The box is nice, so it wouldn't be too bad yeah. an idea. All right, Aaron. Well, that's going to do it for rock and roll. Why don't we scoot on over to our uh, Amigos community updates section of the show? Very good. Well, we got a, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, Boat. Uh, it, uh, lots of good stuff here. Uh, so let's start off, uh, Boat, uh, with uh, the Boat. We didn't talk about this because we just did it last week. The Tables. Boat Roundup. We, we uh, did a little roundup after last week's show about Boat Fest, and it's out right now. You want to talk about this briefly? We talked about Boat Fest. Yeah, that's all. And, buddy, let me tell you something. There's been Boat... I was just talking to Boat. There's Boat Fest coverage out the yin-yang. If you're looking for it, uh, we have got we did the roundup, and then Boat went on Coco Talk on Saturday and spent... I, I literally spent two hours it talking was over about Boat two. Fest. And they yeah. had a ton of pictures on there, and him and El Curtis Boyle went over it in detail. And then, mm. as we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about this now before we, we'll come back to the other one. Me and the Brent did a show 
uh, on, uh, on uh, boy, don't you love it when that happens. Me and Brent did an ARG uh, over the weekend, and this was on the games of Boat Fest. This is where we talked about not so much the events of Boat Fest, although we hadn't heard Brent's opinion, so we can let him chime in. But mostly mm-hmm. we talked about the games we played at Boat Fest. I, w- I finished my rant about uh, about Pac-Man on the Atari. Uh, we also talked about uh, Street Fighter II Championship Edition, which is what Brent ran uh, for his game thing. We also talked about the uh, uh, Timberman. We talked about tra- the Trashman sequel we played. We talked about Dodgy Rocks. And then we also talked about NBA Jam on the uh, Jag. Uh, and a little bit of time talking about that Frogger game, which, again, I missed out on that. Somebody had alerted me of that. I'd love to play that eight-man Frogger. That looked mm-hmm. awesome. So that's what me and Brent got into uh, on ARG. So there's pl- not there's plenty of boat fest coverage to go around. Uh, that's for darn sure. Now, with all that said, Speaking of BoatFest, we filmed this at BoatFest. Tell them about it, Boat. This is 3D Death Chase. Right. So this is, you know, uh, after um, Empire Strikes Back came out, or no, Return of the Jedi yeah. came out, you had the, uh, the the speeder bike sequence, and every kid wanted to be in that speeder bike and be running through the trees, that shooting stuff. That was awesome. Stuff. That was awesome. That was and an awesome scene. This is basically, you know, on a very, very humble machine, an incredible feat of programming yeah. in terms of this the sense of speed that it gives you you are on in this game you are on a motorcycle instead of a uh, instead of a speeder bike but you're you're going through a forest of trees avoiding trees shooting down other motorcycles there's tanks there's helicopters this is of course uh i believe episode two of arg presents yeah. it was one of the very early this episodes what, this may have been the first uh, as the next game we were, uh, that i ever played that's that's right and, and I, I mean it, what a game i picked it solely based on its name that was that's right. how i do it and i and this you know i i hadn't played this for a, a little while when we did this episode but man and it's funny i'm telling you both i swear to god just a little tidbit here i started playing this game i'm like yeah cruising along eh, this is cute it's not bad and then um, by the time you go through like a cycle or two, man, it is it, by the seat of your pants action. I mean, yeah. the, the, and it's a it's a mesmerizing experience it too. It pulls you in. You really feel like you're using the force to, because mm-hmm. you, and, and something's driving this bike. It's partially you. I mean, it's as it's as sharp as it could be. And I can't even imagine what this would have been like to play back in the day. You know, where this, I mean, because this is outstanding. I mean, we, I guess we're spoiling the episode, but we both love this game a lot. Uh, this yeah. is one of the, is, this is one of the best ZX Spectrum games I've ever played. I mean, it's one yeah. of my top two or three. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun on the episode. Of course, that one was shot live at Boat Fest, Boat. Um, now, Boat, you got to get into this. This was a huge deal this week. Talk to us about the Great Gata Sisters. You've brought back your classic series. Go into it. So, you know, I was um, I was sitting around home. I was thinking about, you know, what, because I know you've been working hard, and I've basically just been lazy all, all summer long. I've been doing nothing. And so I thought, you know, it's time <laughs> for me to start pulling my weight and uh, producing some content. That's what we YouTubers call it, content. I hate that word. Okay, I do too. And so, but, it, but anyway, I was like, you know what, uh, the Amiga platformer is, uh, is, I started doing this literally like three, maybe three years ago. And I just stopped, and I don't even know why I stopped because I was having a lot of fun doing it. I, I know why. Spreadsheet. Amiga platformer. You eventually <laughs> hit. Listen, I, I looked at your number one. When that's number one, you hit the wall. 
<laughs> and so, you know, and the whole idea behind this is trying to objectively rank these games with a series of criteria. And uh, and so uh, I and I did one on Guiana Sisters when I was sort of burning out on the series, and I was like, "Screw the spreadsheet, we're not doing it." And that episode sucked. So I was like, "We're going to go back and give Guiana Sisters its due." Uh, and so I went through and I gave there's a little bit of background about the uh, about the game on there, and then we dive right in, and uh, and I play about a half an hour of it, and then we go to the spreadsheet and we fill out the spreadsheet. And we rank it with the rest of the Amiga platformers. And I'll tell you this, Aaron, this evening, yes. following Amigos, yes. uh, you are unavailable to do your normal disaster stream. So Correct. I will be stepping in and we will be uh, recording several more episodes of uh, the ranking of Amiga platformers, as well as a new series that's going to debut next Monday called Amiga Attack of the Clones, oh. which compares clone versions of games to their original versions. I love it. Hey, listen, but I got to ask, because someone brought it up in the, uh, sort of brought this up. That in, I know a platform, I don't know if you've played this one yet. Have you? Has that one been on the show yet? So Top Banana uh, does, it. it is recognized as a Mario-style platformer. Correct. This is, again, this is not every platformer because platformers are a wide definition. These yeah. are basically scrolling, uh, multi-stage uh, action games yeah. that involve the main character not having a gun. So no run-and-gun games, no Contra no, uh, no, no games like that. But pretty much anything else is fair game. So, that, so Yolanda, not scrolling, not eligible in the ranking but, of Amiga but platform. But Top Banana, Top Banana's in. Top Banana, yeah, it's, it's on in? the list. Oh, it's on the list. Oh, yeah. that's outstanding. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of people ever hear that. So please check out the Boat series. This thing got over like a house on fire. By the way, God, what a, what a response. Now. Over, let's shift over. There's a lot of stuff going on over at the stream team uh, boat this week. We've had, we've been very fortunate. Um, let's start. We'll just start off with what I did last week. What I, I there I did it again last week uh, on the Friday Night Disaster stream. Was that impressed? I ended up going with uh, games on the Mister that are arcade games. Just mm -hmm. you know, the Mister. Uh, of course, everybody loves the Mister. It's the big hot new thing, right? It's got lots of arcade cores. And the one thing you hear about the Mister, this actually bugs me, Boat, if I'm going to be honest with you. I keep hearing about how great this thing is because with 100% accuracy and everything. Wrong! Wrong! It's not. A lot of these cores are still works in progress. They're not 100%. And some of mm -hmm. the ones that they say are 100%, they're not. I'm telling you. Mm. I own the games, brother. I know. And so mm -hmm. I went out, you know, with I hadn't played a lot of the arcade games for a while, so I went through... And checked out some. You know, I had people yell them out. I picked, I saw something I liked. And so I just went through and tried out some of the games. And, uh, you know, some of them are ready for prime time. Some of them aren't. Uh, there's a couple. There was one I played. I was not happy when I picked it. Because once I loaded it up, it said, like, oh, yeah, you gotta, you've got to subscribe to play start the game. What? Oh, that's cute. Oh, my god. Yeah, there's yeah. A, it's a Patreon angle. They shouldn't even, if the game's not playable, don't put it in the list. You know, yeah. but anyway, I tried a bunch of games. Uh, and with mixed results, most stuff ran pretty well. Now, I sucked at a lot of them, but th there you go. So if you want to see uh, just a slew of arcade games and a mister, uh, there you go. We had a good time. Uh, now, this is the stuff I'm really excited about. We've got a new uh, a new player here, a new entry. Uh, and this is the first outing for Happy Coding's ZX programming stream. You know, our good buddy Happy has been, uh, uh, well, of course, happy behind... A lot of great stuff, including the ZX version of Asteroids that we really liked, uh, Shay's Maxim, 
uh, the, the really cool uh, Christmas game. He's working on the new Donkey Kong game. He's got a lot going on. Of course, if you watch the International Computer Club, Happy's been on there a bunch of times. And uh, this, Happy runs a weekly stream. I've got together with some of these guys because I'm like, you know, these streams, this is what the Amigo Stream Team channel is all about. And Boat's right there with me on this. Yeah. Uh, 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 we, it, it, one thing about Twitch is that when you do a stream, like a lot of people's streams don't stick around very long, and then they're gone. You're gone forever, including ours. And so one of the original reasons we started the second channel was to keep those streams. We didn't want to clog up the main channel with a bunch of streams that people might not be interested in, but, but for the for Amiga Street Team, we want to document a lot of these channels. And I told Bo, and I talked to Happy, I'm like, you know, we could, we should grab these for, you know, we should grab other guys' streams that are, you know, that want to get involved. And Happy was, like, ready to rock and roll. And so we're going to start ha featuring Happy Coding's uh, ZX uh, programming streams on the Amiga Stream Team channel. Probably do one a week. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be probably the last, it'll be something that's two weeks uh, from what he's currently doing. So the good thing about that is you can sort of catch up if you want to watch the live stream. There's a lot of uh, good uh, ways to go. So please, if you're in the ZX programming or you just want to check out Happy uh, doing his thing, uh, check this out. Uh, there, These will be coming up weekly. Speaking of weekly, <clears throat> our good buddy, Jack Flack, made it home. Uh, yeah. you, you may have noticed uh, if you were uh, on Twitter this week that uh, Jack Flack was the king dong of Twitter. Oh, yeah. He uh, owned he, Twitter. He owned Twitter with this incredible picture he took of a lady who had the dragon from NeverEnding Story being ridden by the Big Lebowski. He found mm -hmm. this chick with a painting at a hotel. I think he bought the. Uh, he told me he bought the painting. By the way, uh, so anyway, uh, this is the first time Flax been back in his studio since he was at Amigathon because he spent the last week on the road and, and uh, up in Washington, some other places. Uh, so he comes back with a vengeance here. Uh, he talks, of course, he talks he, at the end of the thing. He talks a lot about Boat Fest, about the Mothman tour, uh, but he goes into the games. Of, of a fellow named uh, Charlton Handley, uh, who has just basically made all of his games pretty much free. Uh, it's one of those gimmicks where you can pay him a donation, you know, if you want to, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. we advise, you know, because watching him play these games, hey, these are some pretty good games, but they're right up your alley. They remind me of old yeah. NES games. Uh, Absolutely. If, if I'm honest. I'm not, I'm mm -hmm. that, you know, we're not C64 guys per se, uh, but these look like games that you and the Brent could get into. Uh, something fierce. And I watched him play these things for a good while. He played a bunch. And I mean, listen, the price is right. You throw this guy a few bucks. You know what I mean? And uh, mm -hmm. it set him up. And then uh, the last part of the show, he he ran for a good while. It's just talking about his experiences at Boat Fest. And he, goes, he probably goes into death more than anybody in terms of the Mothman stuff. Uh, when we took the In the Steps of the Mothman <laughs> tour on that Sunday. So you can, if you're interested in the Mothman stuff, this is a good stream to watch also. But uh, uh, I would definitely check this out, if, especially if you're looking to get into this Charlton Hanley stuff. Uh, again, this is and he links you up, of course, on this stuff. And and these are good games. If you're a C64 guy, I would definitely uh, check them out, Boat. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got one more uh, offering here, and this is another addition uh, to the stream, Boat. I was real excited about this. You know, I've always been a big fan. In fact, me and you have talked about it many times. Our good buddy, 48K Ram. Uh, who uh, he was over at Boat Fest. I've been watching his streams for a while now uh, because I like what he does. Uh, he gets in there live, and he works on he works on machines live. He recaps stuff live. He also does demos. 
Uh, he'll show a bunch of demos for a machine you wouldn't think much about. You know what I mean? Like, like he'll do, say, Atari ST demos, which is what he did this past week. Sometimes it'll be stuff like Amstrad or, or stuff like that. It makes it interesting. And often he will also go in and just load up his uh, newest uh, acquisition and play with it. So he also judges some of those like one-line programming contests and stuff, so you get to watch him play all these games. He does a, a whole bunch of different stuff. And these streams were just get were just dissipating in the mist. So I got with him too. I said, "Listen, 48k, you know, I would love to have you uh, let us put your stuff on the stream team." And he was he was d down with it, boat. And so this is the first one I grabbed. And this one would have been a shame to lose. This this is 48k recapping a Tandy Color Computer Three. Now, yeah. if you don't think about it, you're like, "Oh, recap." And that's like, listen, if you're recapping one of these, and there's a video you can follow along with, let me tell you something, brother. You're going to follow that video, uh, and, and you know, 48K is no slouch. He's all man. He goes in there and does it right. So uh, this is the first one, and I'm, again, I'll be grabbing these, the, the, you know, a couple weeks behind where he's at. Uh, so if you want to uh, catch up with what and, you know, watch him live, I should mention that he streams every uh, Tuesday uh, on Twitch, uh, 48K Rams channel. Uh, so check him out, but we'll be featuring his stuff as well, Boat. It should be a lot of fun. That's all That's the new great. stuff. I'm so, you know, I'm so glad to have these guys join us because, just like you said, uh, these streams go away on Twitch. They yeah. they they get deleted, and so uh, that's it's. I got. Oh boy, it's, <laughs> it, it overpowered me. The power of of all those streams. And yeah. So, anyway, Aaron, you know, as we as we bring an end to our show today. It's time to announce everybody's favorite part of the show, the Patreon Song Challenge. Uh, you know, last week, we went back in time to the 60s. It was a spoonful of sugar from Mary Poppins. Yeah, that one I knew. That was one of the least offensive ones you've done for a while. Lots of people knew it, Aaron. We got uh, correct responses from Pixels at Dawn, Pac Billy, Mitsuyama, Gary Heather, Pajaco6502, and CBM Nut. So uh, congratulations to you all for getting it. And uh, it's time for this week's Patreon Song Challenge. If you know the answer, please uh, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. If you're watching live in the chat, please refrain from answering in the chat. Make it fun for everybody. And uh, we're going to kick things off here. That's right. So here we go. Black Billy Rob McDavid, Howard Price Jazz Dog, Daniel James Miller, our typer. Bumface Pooh Hands, Chris Edwards Petzl. Alarm Albert Kemp, we like what we like. Mr. Chipeter Price. Herman V. Wanderly Chesum, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram okay. David Terrace, Drew Carlos, Matthew Mobius, The Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, David Z. George Rosansky, The Amiga Show. Daniel Crabtree, Super Fammy King, Crazy Loomis, William Vinterscar, Heavy Systems, Inc. Frag Lord, Mark Ballad, Olaf Hope, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calbert Boy, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, Bomb the Bass, Frodo and El Solentizer, Tech Major Gun, Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry, it's Club, Reflection, Simon, Let's Cap, and Crispy. Kill. 
bites and caffeine. Gary had the free lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn RMC, Tim Drew Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Sonzo Bachman, Rowan Back, Andrew Monk, Show the Zombie, Lee on Alan Kebab, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Creepy Dead Boy. Vicky, C.T., Z the Slow Norris, Stafford, Sorgon, Mortensen, Edvin, Christopher Hussle, Chris Fozoran, Jeru Graham, Bebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles tapes from The Crypt, Josh Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THC, Eric Nelson, Daniel Bingston, Eric Holes, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kilbjorn Barman. Man, you had did yourself with that. My God, that was wretched. Wretched. That was, a trip. that was a trip to the theater. Oh, my God. Is that what that was? Yeah. Theater pains. What that was horrible. Or oh, that's one of the worst ones you've ever done. And it, it just kept Broadway's, going. Broadway's not dead. And it is now. <laughs> horrible. I teed it up for you there. All right, Aaron. What we got going on next week? Oh, you ready? Here it is. Aha! What was that? What was that? That was the I forgot about the Twitch subscribers. <laughs> hey, just keep on going. It's Railroad Tycoon for you listening at home. <laughs> That's right, Railroad Tycoon, brought to you by these Twitch subscribers who watch us every week live on Friday evenings at five o'clock on Twitch.tv/slash Amigos Retro Gaming. We got Vinjadorikio, Pajako6502, Uber Scuba Diver, Mons a Mess, Proxity, a Data Ombre, Great Algae, Lamasta, Mcron, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Brother Bill, Mash Pie, Real Retro Dude, Beach Bum Seven, Gary Heather, Paul Kitching, Texas Foosballer, Neg Sol, Amiga Live, Blow Jellyfish, Da Crabs MTG, Jigglebox, Thurso Bard, L Curtis Boyle. Holy Guacamole, Twilight Zoner, R-Typer, John Marshall 3, Still Adolescing, Wishbone, Frodo NL, Grizzla, Am I Steph, Buck Owens, Spinny 108, Edvin Helland, Back to 8-Bit with Hermski, Retro Jerry, Wing Chun Wolf, Eeyore 4077, Oil of Hope, Chris Edwards Restoration, Retro Rewind.ca, Explorer, Steve Burtz, YOLO Wookie, Darkwing 602, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, and Lumen 808. Very good. Hey, while we're talking about that, a, a special Amigos thumbs up. I see him back in the chats, our good buddy Edvin Helen. I knew a no, right. no illness to keep this man down. 
He's back. Nothing out. can kill him. Now Nothing the, can now stop him. Booze can knock him right over, but uh, but the, the Zeke <laughs> can. So we hope we hope you're feeling better, Edvin. And thanks to everybody that's, right, that's, Edvin. that's uh, uh, supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, we will we'll, we will reconvene this time next week. Talk about Sid Meier's Railroad mm. Tycoon. We will see you guys then. And until then, adios. Adios.